As we listen for God's word in scripture, let us open with prayer. Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes, and open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness, and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways, and open us always to the guiding of your Spirit. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the epistle to the Philippians, Paul's letter to the Philippians in the first chapter. We will be reading verses 21 through 30. Listen now for God's living word for you, the people of God. For to me, living is Christ and dying is gain. For if I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, and I do not know which I prefer. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Since I am convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you for your progress and joy in faith, so that I may share abundantly in your boasting in Christ Jesus when I come to you again. Only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I come and see you or am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind for the faith of the gospel. In destruction, for and in no way be intimidated by our opponents. Then this is evidence of their destruction, but it is your salvation. And this is God's doing. For God has graciously granted you the privilege of not only believing in Christ, but of suffering for him as well. Since you are having the same struggle that you saw I have, and now hear that I still have. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Every once in a while, the New York Times runs some special articles on their website. They usually run with a subtitle that is a caveat of sorts, like, if you need a break from the news, then here is a different kind of story for you. They run these kinds of articles around election cycles. There were a few during the pandemic, they run them around times where there's national disasters, during times of, of war, times of high anxiety when the news stretches our limits. These stories usually focus on ideas that, that create wonder or awe in us. They are articles that expand our horizons or, or they center in on our humanity. They remind us that there is still goodness and connection and hope out in the world. 
But they're not goofy, they're not sappy stories, they're not kittens stuck in a tree rescue kind of stories, they are not one-dimensional. Sometimes they explore arts and music or science and beauty. Sometimes they take us into the marvels of the natural world, places that we would never go on our own. Sometimes these stories offer a taste of culture that enriches the soul. When it feels like the whole world is falling apart, yes, the journalists at the New York Times feel it too, and they still look to find some good news to share. And this is news that offers a move from the anxiety of the world's conflicts toward hope in the possibility of things to come, or signs of goodness that are already here. This news often tops the most read article list that you find on the website for a good reason. The New York Times can sense when the news begins to be too much for the human spirit. Now there are seasons of life when we as people struggle. We lose our sense of purpose or our sense of worth. There are seasons when communities and families and churches and neighbors become divided from one another and we grow disconnected from one another. And in these times, we also grow disconnected from ourselves. It's in these moments that the faith can be hard to cultivate, the faith can be hard to hold on to. The Apostle Paul wrote the book of Philippians, wrote this letter to the people of Philippians for their community is experiencing life in a time like this. It asks questions that are common among every generation of humanity when they face their most difficult trials, their most difficult times, times when they feel disconnected from what matters to them. It's a letter that addresses questions common among every generation of humanity. Like when hope feels like a rare commodity, where do we go to renew and restore our sense of hope in the world? Or when the world and its demands and conflicts and self-centered motivations breaks our own hearts, where can we find experiences of unity and connection and compassion that will bring us together, that will connect us to one another? And how does a person experience joy in the middle of the struggles of life, struggles of grief or pain or disconnection or isolation? Where does a person find their rootedness in a sense of joy in the middle of life's most difficult, most troubling circumstances. Or even bigger and more existential yet, where is God in all the problems that we as people face? Where do we find that God is with us? Now, the community in Philippi, the Philippians, were a diverse community. 
their diversity had a more significant impact on the, the social life of their city than, than other cities that Paul visited. People were rich and poor, some very rich and some very poor. People were ethnically diverse, and there were many, many different religious backgrounds among the people. Add to it that it was an ancient city with ancient traditions. It was not on the main road to anywhere until the Roman Empire put it at the center of new trading routes, at the center of commerce, which brought, of course, unwanted changes to life and culture in the city. Roman imperial religion, economics and business and commerce, social customs, and especially Roman politics, began to change the good life that the people had always counted on in Philippi. And all the diversity and all of this change made Philippi a city where there was constant and ongoing conflicts without much opportunity to find resolution the reason for this, of course, after all, is that in the Roman Empire, it was the Roman way or no way. But because there was no going back, the small church in Philippi struggled. They worried about their future, not just the future of their church, but the future of their community. And they struggled to know how to live faithful to God in their conflicted circumstances. They disagreed with one another, sometimes in unhealthy ways, and they felt challenged by their attempts to balance their sense of belief and their practice of that belief. Paul is writing from a Roman prison to a church that sounds a lot like church right now. Churches in the 21st century are facing all of these same kinds of concerns. They are asking these same kinds of questions. Across the centuries, the generations of the church before us have struggled with these same issues and how to be faithful while working through them. So when the church listens for God's call to discipleship that is lived in the fellowship of the church, that is lived in the relationships through the church, how do the people bear witness to Jesus Christ in the world? How does the church share its concern for the social and economic issues facing people in their church and their neighbors around them? How do people work to grow relationships when those relationships might otherwise be strained? Paul's starting place with the Philippians is to remind them that Jesus Christ is Lord. Christ is Lord of all of our human spheres. Christ is Lord of the economic and the social. Christ is Lord of the cultural and the political. Christ is Lord of the personal and the communal. 
So when people of faith face a world of conflict and suffering that feels disconnected, that feels hopeless, joyless, Paul calls the church to orient themselves to Christ who is Lord of all areas of life, every part of our lives. A life of faith to Paul means that we recognize that Christ is present in every part of our lives. And Paul invites the church to open themselves to seek this kind of awareness of God whose vision is bigger, wider, and sees all of our lives when we get lost in the middle of it. Paul describes this feeling to the Philippians of being released unburdened, facing freedom because of this knowledge of Christ in all things. It's a sense of trusting in a knowledge that no matter what, no matter what, we belong to God. Paul's understanding of faith is, is that every part of us belongs to God. Nothing is held back. Nothing can be held back. So every part of our life belongs to God. And what is so easily lost about Paul's letter to the Philippians is how his message is rooted in baptism. Baptism, a sacrament where we acknowledge and recognize our identity as children of God as being rooted in God, as in we belong to God. Now, it's not directly apparent because Paul does not directly write about baptism per se. He makes many allusions to it. But if we want to recognize this part of Paul's letter to the Philippians, we have to go to the book of Acts where it describes Paul's ministry in Philippi. If we go there and read about his ministry, we read that it begins with an experience sharing baptism with a woman named Lydia, a businesswoman with a large household, a large family. And she and her whole household are baptized, which begins Paul's ministry there in the city. And it ends with Paul and Silas in a jail in Philippi. And they are praying, they are singing hymns, and suddenly there is an earthquake which breaks the walls of the prison, and the jailer, full of anxiety, full of fear, finds Paul and Silas, and he sees in these two prisoners hope and joy in the middle strange and difficult circumstances. And the jailer receives baptism from Paul and from Silas who bear witness to Christ in their lives and the jailer who wants to know such hope and such joy. When Paul says that living in Christ 
living is living in Christ. And when he talks about dying as something that is gain, it sounds strange at first until we begin to connect it to baptism that Paul is affirming just how deep and how wide this belonging really is. It is a statement that is soaked, it is drenched in the water of baptism. For nothing in creation, Paul wrote to the Roman church, will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And here it is echoed, not even death can separate us. So church, friends, for the next three Sundays, we're going to read sections of the Philippians, the book of Philippians, looking for this sense of belonging, looking for the hope that is offered by the humility of Christ and Paul's call to the church to imitate Christ. We're going to read this letter looking for that that unity that is found when people live faithfully from their sense of belonging in Christ and, and the joy that exists that can be found by that belonging even in times when we suffer because Christ is always with us, always, no matter what. When people of faith live out their lives, live out their faith in this kind of belonging, this sense of belonging out of a, a knowledge that all of our lives are rooted in the grace of God, then, then Paul says in the second chapter of Philippians that people shine like stars. In a world that might feel dark from suffering, from pain, from disconnection, from broken relationships. When people live with this sense of belonging in Christ, they shine like stars. When we welcome this gift of living in Christ, we shine like stars. And Paul emphasizes just how necessary practicing this belief, this faith is especially in times that are as complicated as the one that the Philippian church is living in. For the alternative to the unity and the gain that Paul describes is to find life being diminished. But God has already offered another way, and Paul is pointing the church toward it. The poet David White writes, When I look out at everything growing so wild and faithfully beneath the sky and wonder why we are the one terrible part of creation privileged to refuse our own flowering. Why we are the one terrible part of creation privileged to refuse our flowering. 
Paul is writing to the church in Philippi to remind them that they belong, that they are called to blossom and flower together as the whole church, not just as individuals. And that in doing so, in that, from that sense of belonging as a community of Christ, as a church, that in doing so, they shine like stars in a world that is hungry for some light. Now, if we are bold enough to listen, to live out of our knowledge that we belong to God, We might just join the Philippians. We might just join that constellation that they created and shine together. Shine like stars. By the love and compassion of Christ, may it be so this day and all of our days. Thanks be to God. Amen. Friends, let's root ourselves in our listening, in our hearing, the gift of music, that it might open our hearts prayerfully to God.